Well, welcome back to our next edition of What's Up America with Mike Kara. As always, proudly broadcasting from Ocoee, Florida, USA, planet Earth. And with me today is a great uh, musician, Mr. Alex Meister. And Alex, it is a pleasure, honor you could be here today. And uh, of course, uh, Alex is uh, a, a great accordion player, a great uh, polka guy, although as for those who watch my TikTok, actually, I danced, believe it or not, on St. Patrick's Day to your, um, I think it was the washer woman. And I actually, one of my dances with the clone squad was dancing to that. So you do a variety of music. Uh, like I, I was telling you, Alex, that my family have been watching you for the past eight years on Molly B. Polka Show, as well as all of her Christmas specials. And I think you were there on trumpet and accordion and all different instruments. But, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we'll get into is your love and passion for the, for the music, and especially your accordion playing. I compare it to maybe Led Zeppelin or Aerosmith or something that, that, that has that rocking enthusiasm, but you still have that spirit. So, Alex, why don't you tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you got into this, uh, this world of uh, music here? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Mike, and thanks for that really um, cool intro. Um, that's really, you hit the nails on the head in so many ways. Um, I'm the fourth generation of my family that are musicians in the United States performing Austrian folk music, which is better classified to the general public as polka music. And um, my great-grandfather emigrated from what is now called Burgenland in Austria, south of Vienna, and I have been playing the accordion since the age of four. And I grew up watching my grandfather and my father perform at everything from church picnics to dances at, at, at different halls and ethnic clubs to festivals. And I started getting onto the stage on a regular basis around the age of five, five and a half. And my sisters and I performed as the Meixner Kinder. And the Meixner children, it was sort of like a Von Trapp family show uh, with my dad's band and, you know, did a very traditional German Austrian. We do some Slovenian songs and Italian songs. My mom's family's Italian and sing in English. Um, my career then continued on. I started playing trumpet. I was playing drums in my dad's band um, when we moved to Orlando from Pennsylvania um, in the late 80s. And, you know, I saw the aging of our crowd that was still appreciating the traditions. And, you know, it's a natural thing to have attrition in different parts of our society. Well, in all parts of our society, but and then seeing certain customs fall away or evolve in different ways. And my mission has basically always been that to build from the foundation to build off of the tradition of my family and continue to make it relevant to the generations that exist now. So in my performances, the repertoire and the aesthetic sometimes is going to gear into more popular musical forms so that we're drawing parallels and finding the similarities rather than segmenting ourselves off. So some of my band's most popular renditions are 
our arrangement of Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train that morphs into the last train to Clarksville and goes into take the A train and crazy and Chattanooga choo choo all done within a polka context. And so it brings people into the polka world that might not have thought they liked the accordion and polka music. And I love doing collaborations with artists outside of my band. Yesterday, I was just doing a video um, for a track I did with a gypsy jazz group in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've recorded with avant-garde accordionist and composer um, Guy Klusevic, who works closely with um, John Williams and, and a variety of other contexts that allow me to hopefully broaden my audience and at the same time remain true to the roots of all of the music that I perform. Oh, wow, that's, uh, that's great there. And one thing, you know, I had mentioned at the beginning of this, Alex, is about, uh, you know, this, uh, this washerwoman. And, you know, I, what, I was gonna, what I was trying to do is you, you go faster and faster, and I was going to try, try to, you know, keep, uh, you, know, uh, you know, dancing until I fell over, so to speak. And, you know, you really, you re you re really have something there. But my question is, is it really difficult? I mean, do you get to a point where you could do it, you know, 100 miles an hour and not really even think about it? Or, Well, yes and no. Um, so when you're performing, there's a lot of aspects that are going to jump in and you're, you're constantly trying to push the envelope. And, you know, it's like it's almost a competition between the music musicians and the dancers to see who can jump faster. And I love that give and take of the energy, you know, at the same time, you know, I mean, you got to have control. So, um, I'm, I'm always practicing from a physical endurance stance on how I can get cleaner and how I can get more speed and dexterity going. And at the same time, you know, you can get to a point that you're past the threshold of being able to control it or it ceases having the effect. You know, I mean, and that's that's part of the thing that I'm constantly working on with students. I do a lot of teaching, you know, and I'm like, if you play everything loud, it ceases being a punch effect of, of that rocking thing because people's ears get tired. So a loud is only as effective as the soft that balances against it. The fast is only as effective as the slow that goes with it. So, I mean, there's times that I'm not going to play as fast, but it appears to have that energy because it's coming off of something that has a slower vein. And, you know, it's, it's as much psychology as anything, which is really fascinating for me. Okay, uh, Alex. So I want to talk a little bit about the accordion, but I want to share a story right here in, in this house. Uh, we have my grandmother's accordion, which is basically we have a 90 year old accordion here. So my question is, is that something that can still be played? You have to tune accordions or how does that work? Uh, accordions are very interesting musical instruments right here in my studio. I've got 16 different accordions. Uh, which I didn't really even know how many I had um, because they're constantly moving around. I have piano accordions. I have diatonic button accordions. Those are the two forms that I play for the most part. And from a maintenance standpoint, they, they have to be tuned. And in many cases, they, they, have, to, they have to be played because you can have an accordion that's been kept in perfect condition, but if it sits there 
for years and years and years without getting played things, you know, it's, it's, it's the use it or lose it kind of philosophy. Now, that being said, a 90 year old accordion is definitely able to be played. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a collector um, in Maryland and he has over a hundred accordions in his collection. And he specifically is a, is a connoisseur of one specific builder from Slovenia who emigrated to Cleveland, Ohio, um, named Anton Mervar. And Mervar built accordions from around, I think, the early 19s, um, like maybe 1911 or 12, through his untimely passing in the early 1940s. And these instruments... Um, one of my students in the Netherlands is actually rebuilding like a 1920 something accordion. And he's got, he's replacing some of the, re he's decided that he's replacing the reeds in this instrument because they had fallen into disrepair. But it's amazing when you hear the tonal characteristics of these instruments, you know, and just like with cars, you know, I mean, we can drive a car that was built. Uh, there's uh, probably a Model T from the 19s that we can be driving right now. Now, is it going to have the same reaction and the ability to speed that a um, 2022 um, Corvette's going to have? Well, more than likely not, but you never know. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, Alex, for our audience, so most of the time when you're playing the accordion, you're playing like almost two instruments. I mean, you're playing the accordion and then you're playing the bass parts. Then you're actually playing the bass. Is that how it works then? Or So one of the things that's truly awesome with the accordion as a musical instrument is that you have the ability to have melody and harmony on one side. And on the other side, you have bass notes and chords in different accompaniments. So I have an accordion here right now. And uh, so just, I'm gonna enable original sound so that it doesn't over compress. But over here, I have this. I have two rows of bass notes on a standard Stradella piano accordion. And then also I have major chords, minor chords, dominant seventh chords, diminished seventh chords. And so then in the course of my band, I have it electronically hooked up to get an electric bass sound. Okay, but this is how I would get something like So that gives you an idea of what can be done just in that little context. You know, the sounds of the accordion, each accordion is tuned differently and has different kinds of reeds. So um, you can get different tones that work better in different kinds of polka music or in different rock settings or country settings, Tejano, um, classical. And it's, it's a very versatile musical instrument. 
Oh, great. Now, now we understand, uh, Alex, then, you know, we watch Molly B and we see, we see you. there's different. So there's accordions and button boxes and concertinas and all these di different uh, instruments. So, I mean, obviously these other ones don't have keys. So the buttons then, then become the, the main notes or how does that work? So um, there's different kinds of button accordions. Um, some that are, fully chromatic so that you can play all those notes in there and some that only play in certain keys. So mine only play in certain keys. And for the most part, they, um, they are of the Austrian Slovenian category. So they have what we call heligon reeds on them. So if I were to use an instrument like this and, uh, each one of these buttons is different going in and out. So. This instrument plays in the keys of B flat, E flat, A flat, and D flat. And then the left hand has what we call heligon reeds on it, which heligon is the ancestral name of a tuba. So you get. And you have chords. So if I were to play something like this, gives you an idea of the difference and the um, different tones that are, that are found in this kind of diatonic accordion. Oh, okay. And, you know, one thing that I saw, you know, with your uh, TikTok uh, page, Alex, which I really think is neat, which I think, you know, could get people into uh, polka, was that you were actually, believe it or not, uh, you know, had a beer and you were playing uh, the, the music, uh, the the polka with 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 the beer. I mean, those are kind of things that 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 are that are neat, that are that are skills, and that 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 do get people excited then about polka, huh? Well, all those different things, you know, different novelties. Um, I remember back in the '90s, David Letterman used to have stupid human tricks, you know, and you'd have all different kinds of odd talents and that kind of thing, and so. You know, it's one of these things that a friend of mine will suggest something. And I'll go, oh, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And then can I do this? You know, um, so there was one in which um, at the beginning of baseball season last year, I took a baseball and played Take Me Out to the Ball Game using the baseball on the accordion, you know, or we were preparing for some gigs in Wisconsin and I had like a block of cheese and played on Wisconsin on the accordion. And it's just fun stuff, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, 
So we, we mentioned that, uh, Alex, that, you know, you do a variety of, uh, you know, music and, uh, you know, but, the, you know, the polka is, is the big thing. But I mean, is there situations where, you know, you try to, to you mentioned that you do that, that you have different, uh, you know, songs that maybe aren't polka. So there is there is a place where you could put in your your special touch there, huh? Most assuredly. In fact, um, I recently relocated from Florida. I was living in South Florida to New Braunfels, Texas, which is uh, a really rich cultural community, rich culture. I mean, we're not we're not financially rich, obviously. And um, in between San Antonio and Austin and in this area, there's a real amazing crossroads of musicians and so I have been performing, I set up an intersections jam band and the other musicians that perform regularly with us are from a myriad of settings. You know, they are Americana, country artists, rock players, um, Tejano, polka, um, Western swing, and all of this stuff sort of comes together in the Texas music scene. And it allows us to play everything. It's a jam band. It allows us to play everything from Willie Nelson to Bruce Springsteen to Frankie Yankovic and Bob Wills, you know, and put it into different contexts. So it's unique for me to not be completely the musical genesis that everybody is an equal, that the, that, that everybody's influencing the music a lot more in this setting. And it's kind of pushing me to to expand the horizons even further than I've been doing. And um, it seems to be um, gaining some traction with audiences here. Oh, great. Uh, so um, for you, Alex, um, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you're, you're constantly practicing, you're, you're, you're constantly perform you know performing and is that is that the key you know to, to keep it fresh is to perform and practice as often as you can or most assuredly it is so important to to listen to music and then to put it into play and so my brain is in a state of analyzing so many different things and you have to enjoy what you're playing and at the same time be critical in order to progress. And there's so much music in the world and it, it, it constantly, um, it can be a daunting and depressing thing for some people when they sit back and go, Oh, we can't make this. We, we can't get this to happen or we can't get that to happen. But it's so enlightening to me that there's so many things that we can constantly be working towards and that's where I've really found a very positive situation where I, I enjoy practicing and, and progressing and, and listening to something that I've played before and going, oh, that's, that was good at that time. But let's find a way to, to continue letting it grow. Oh, okay. So you mentioned, uh, Alex, with these uh, accordions that they're only in certain keys. So, I mean, if you wanted to play a certain like Christmas song in, 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 not, in a different key that's not on the accordion, you have to transpose it or how does that work? Well, I'd either have to, like in this specific instrument, 
like let's say I'm going to play Silent Night in the key of B flat, you know, I, I have to play in the first row. And you know, now just that phrase there i would normally play this on a different instrument i have to switch fellow directions early and then move my hand down as opposed to if i were to play an a flat that that phrase there i was able to jump i was able to do a different grip and so each way of playing it the different keys makes you work in a different fashion and it's um to me it's it, it's a great challenge and then finding where it takes, because sometimes a song being in a specific key has a different sound. Well, it always has a different sound, but it can connect with, it can be in a, in a specific person's vocal range so they can sing along. It, it hits you a different way. You know, I mean, it's just like when you're driving a car, you know, I mean, the way you feel in a vehicle going 45 miles an hour is different than how you feel going 90 miles an hour. And going 90 miles an hour in a 1988 Chevy Chevette definitely feels a lot different than going 90 miles an hour in a 2021 Ferrari, you know? Okay. So, Alex, now I wanted to, uh, you know, ask you, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, polka and the future of polka. But, I mean, first of all, for you, do you have any desire to go on America's Got Talent and, you know, you know, let the world know and, you know, bring this, this, this music? I mean, is that something that would appeal to you? Or? I'm always interested in different opportunities for performance and and getting out there you know i've done a lot of different things in my career um from from doing tv commercials for hormel pepperoni to um performing in 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 serious in 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 almost in anonymous things and where i've been on the background tracks for stuff like the polka king soundtrack with jack black and um but yeah, I'm always looking for different performance opportunities. Um, I was contacted a few years ago by America's Got Talent and it didn't end up materializing the way that it went through, but you never know what's going to happen down the road. Right, right. So Alex, you know, we, you know, my parents and myself, you know, we were having this discussion about, you know, the, the future of polka and, you know, we, we saw, you know, a lot of great old, older folks there on Molly B dancing. And, you know, my concern is, you know, can we get the younger people? But like I said, you you have you, you students of the accordion, they're probably younger. So how confident do you feel that we're going to get this great younger generation of polka people here? Well, it's one of those things that there's an ebb and flow at all times. And it all depends on what our definition of, 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 of a lot of people is. You know, in certain areas, I mean, if you look in Slovenia, 
for for example, um, there are huge schools of young kids playing button accordions like this, and it is very popular. It's on their regular television. Their their version of of television reality talent shows will have a lot of people playing instruments like this and playing Slovenian style folks music. Um, you know, everything changes. So some of the bands on Molly B particularly, and this isn't to denigrate them in any way, shape and form, they're older bands playing for older audiences because that's the music that's relevant to the audience. So a specific population in Nebraska or Iowa or Minnesota, um, that's, that is part of the fabric of their, of their society and their culture up there. Now it's all about what is relevant. You know, um, my band in a lot of cases, sometimes I'm the oldest musician on the stage. Therefore the music takes on a different thing and we appeal to a younger, younger than that audience because we are making it relevant to them. There are other bands that are working in that same vein. Uh, Chardon Polka Band out of the Cleveland area um, comes to mind. And the musicians in that band are not necessarily, they didn't grow up with polka music necessarily. And they have a different way that they approach the music and it appeals to their audience as opposed to the way that myself or Ted and Molly grew up in the scene, you know? And it's not to say that one is better than the other because if we're building an audience, we're building an audience, you know? It's not always going to be new rocking kind of music that appeals to younger generations. And we're seeing even more so now than ever before that, young children. I mean, my own children are 15, 12, and nine. And the music they listen to isn't always new contemporary electronic music. Um, TikTok, particularly as a medium, has exposed people of all generations to music of all generations. You know, like my daughters will tell me about, oh, well, that's a TikTok song. And I'm like, Country Roads by John Denver existed long before TikTok even, even was a, a germ of an idea, let alone John Denver passed away long before TikTok was invented, you know, but his song Country Roads finds a new audience because people do like what you're doing, where they will dance to it or they will play along with it and it catches on, it goes viral in a certain way. And it's fascinating to see how kids are being influenced in a positive way to explore uh, classical violin music because somebody like Rob Landis will go and um, do a video game song on violin. And then he'll also do a Vivaldi violin concerto. You know, uh, my son has found his stuff to be really awesome. And, um, or you'll have other people who will put a country spin on pop tunes or a metal spin on, on like more traditional bluegrass music, you know? So it's, it's, it's a really cool outlet and long answer. I think all music survives 
And we just, it might be in a different context than, than it was before, but I, I see young people that are enjoying polka music and the accordion. And that's, it's very um, enlightening and heartening. Right. So you mentioned, Alex, about, uh, you know, uh, having students and that that that's great. And you, so do you get like all different levels of, of players or do you work mainly with beginners or? I'll tell you, it's it's interesting because as the covid pandemic happened, um, obviously everything shut down and, you know, the opportunities for live performances uh, all of a sudden were gone and it sparked people needing to find entertainment in different ways. And, you know, in many ways, people were jumping on TikTok, people were jumping on YouTube, you know, Netflix had an explosion of TV shows that people just were finding fascinating. In that same course, what's old becomes new again. And a lot of people started taking up musical instruments as a way to entertain themselves, which, I mean, go back to pre-television days, People had a piano in the parlor of their house and they would get sheet music in order to entertain themselves. Well, the accordion was one of the recipients of that renewed interest during that time. And my, my teaching, I had not been doing a lot of teaching. And quite frankly, when I started back to individual lessons via Zoom, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work because so many parts of teaching this instrument would involve going to a student and saying, no, put your hand here and, you know, physically moving a person's hand and going, okay, all you have to do is move down one. It, it makes it easier. But um, now I have students ranging in age from 10 to 80 in, uh, I think, eight or nine states in the United States, in Canada and the Netherlands. And they range in ability from absolute beginners to advanced professional players in, that I am trying to guide into um, expanding their palette of different musical styles or performance practice. And it's truly been one of the most um, fascinating parts of my life to watch and, and, and experience that learning you know, from a lady who's 80 years old and just picked up the button accordion after playing piano accordion all of her life to a 10 year old that's just exploring how they can express themselves through music. You know, it's a, a really fascinating, fascinating journey. And uh, Alex, I wanted to uh, get your opinion on a band. They're called the Polkaholics. I'm sure you've heard heard of them. I mean, what do you think about that? You think that's great that they're that they're kind of rocking rocking it up. That there's room, to, you know, for all sorts of interpretation of polka. Oh, most assuredly. So Don Hedeker, the leader of the Polkaholics out of Chicago, they have their own spin on it, and it, it's kind of funny because so much of what I grew up with was the specific ethnic delineations of the music. You know, um, my family is Austrian on my dad's side and Italian on my mom's side. And we did primarily German Austrian style polkas and 
my dad was heavily involved in the Slovenian and Croatian style of music, you know, and, you know, coming up in the eighties and nineties, particularly, and even in the early two thousands, you know, if a band played German polkas, they weren't welcome in some regards with the Polish audience and Slovenians didn't care for the Czech style or whatever, but you'll see through Molly B's show that some of these bands are having cross pollination more because those specific ethnic delineations start, start homogenizing for lack of a better term, you know, um, as we're yet another generation away from the immigrants that came to the United States, some people don't have, they, they don't have the same connection that they do with the culture. And then you'll have people like Don with the Polkaholics who came across this music in a completely outside way. You know, um, if I'm not mistaken, they found records, he found records by Little Wally, who was one of the, um, one of the architects of what we now call the honky sound of Chicago style polkas. And at the end of Little Wally's life, he collaborated with Polkaholics, which years earlier, there's no way that would have happened because Little Wally had his own base and wouldn't, probably wasn't too interested in the way that they were interpreting the music, but it allowed a end of life renaissance for some of Little Wally's stuff. And at the same time, some of the stuff Polkaholics have recorded is like old German Schuplatler dances that they play in with guitar, with distorted guitar, uh, overdriven guitar, for lack of a better term, and bass and drums. And they have their own thing going on. It's an earthier punk kind of aesthetic. Whether one person likes or dislikes that take, it is a valid form because they are out there doing it. I haven't collaborated with them, <clears throat> but they were influenced obviously by Brave Combo out of Texas, who I've done some recording with, um, who came about it from the same way. Um, Carl Finch um, lived in Texarkana and growing up there as an art student and then eventually into Denton at UNT, um, he did not grow up in the polka belt. He didn't grow up in the culture of this music, but he found these records by Larry Chesky and Frank Bonadowski and other artists at, at Goodwill stores, at thrift stores, and was fascinating, fascinated with that. And Frankie Yankovic and Kenny Bass. And then he started digging deeper. And <clears throat> look, Polkaholics have been around for at least 20, possibly 30 years. Brave Combo has been around and has won two Grammy Awards. They defined their own genre in polka music, their own style of it over a nearly 35 year career. And you have a lot of other bands coming up behind that saw that. And, you know, whether it is the Bulls and Beer Band in Nebraska or Chardon that I mentioned earlier in Ohio. And, you know, we all have our different take on it. Oh. Great. So, Alex, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, your, your, your recordings. So, I mean, do you have a lot of, uh, you know, albums out there of, of music? Or? 
I have performed on over 80 full-length albums to date um, as a sideman, as a soloist, as a featured artist, you know. Um, I made my first solo album in 1992. So in uh, 1992, when I was still in high school, I recorded Button Box Dynamite, which is an album that I played all the instruments on, button accordions, bass, keyboards, drums, trumpet. Um, and then my dad did the vocals on the two songs that had vocals on them because it was predominantly instrumental. But I've done everything from performing on a Grammy award-winning album in 1994 with Canada's Polka King, Walter Ostinick, to having my own Grammy-nominated album, which was a collaboration with Baba Hernandez um, called Polka Freak Out, which was in the 2006 Grammy um, nominations. And um, to the collaborations I've done with um, the Crayolas, a Tex-Mex rock band, Seamus Kennedy, a Irish entertainer out of Maryland, um, to, the, to the albums I've done with my own band, um, and of course, the recordings for Molly B's Christmas specials and all of that different stuff. And we want to talk a little bit about, uh, Alex, your uh, TikTok uh, page, like I encourage everyone, you know, because TikTok's the big the big thing there. And, uh, you know, you could look, I mentioned this clapper, that might be something to look into, but it's great because, you know, these these kids are getting, to, you know, to, to a point where they, they would never li listen to this music nor, you know, normally, but, you know, it, it's great that you could influence them to, to get into that, huh? Well, yes. And um, TikTok is a medium that I need to put a little more energy into myself. And I greatly appreciate the fact that you've been sharing my, my videos and that kind of thing. Um, you know, all the different social media places are, are, are different avenues that different people all around the world are getting to find music, whether it's TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you know, those, those have been places that I've been starting to gear more into while we're also into the point that it's literally always can't forget that it's one person at a time and finding a music and a communication form that connects to them. And, you know, whether I'm performing um, a live performance at an intimate concert where there's a dozen or two dozen people doing a solo concert or I'm playing on a stage with my band in front of um, five to 10,000 people, you know, or doing a video. It's, it's, there's a different challenge that comes from, oh, I'm in my studio here now and I'm going to make a video by myself and it's just me and the camera. And maybe this is going to be viewed by a hundred people. Maybe it's going to be viewed by a hundred million people you know, finding what that energy is and that, and the way of connecting with people. So, uh, you know, we, we talked about, uh, Alex, you know, you know, your, your solo recordings. So, I mean, with those, do you play a lot of the parts? I mean, is there any instrument that you don't really play that? Oh, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's so many musical instruments. My, my college degrees are in trumpet. So um, the brass family, trumpet, flugelhorn, those and some baritone horn and trombone are, are, my, are my instruments in that department. The piano accordion and diatonic button accordions, keys, bass, 
I, I don't do as much drums as I used to because, you know, I have such wonderful drummers that I work with, you know, Tom Holler, Ed Klanick, um, as well as Michael Morris and a few others um, have been working in the studio for me, you know, uh, woodwind instruments. I, I studied them in college, you know, but other people are going to play them a lot better. And if it involves a bow, let me hire Patty King to play fiddle for me and, you know, and some other people that are better. Oh, great. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, for those people that have, you know, like I mentioned, a 90-year-old accordion around or have, you know, the, the, these instruments around. So the steps is to get it tuned by a professional or is, is that it, this 90-year accordion, and then go at it? Or Well, first of all, get it out of its case and get some air going through those bellows. You might find that it's playable. You know, see, are there buttons sticking or not sticking? You know, are all the notes sounding going in and out on the bellows? And then it might be um, it might be playable right now, you know, but if not, there are some great technicians. Um, there are in the United States there. There's people that work on them at a variety of different levels, just like just like anything else. You know, you'll have people who are extremely experienced and work on high quality machines and their expertise is going to be a little more expensive. You'll have some people that have been doing it for less amount of time and, and work in a variety of settings. You know, the accordion as an instrument, I have found instruments for $50 at a garage sale that are completely playable, you know, and you never know what you come up with. Um, there's instruments that cost well over $20,000, and I mean, there, there's some pretty high class machines and you can go check out, um, in New Jersey, Gennady Lazarov has the accordion gallery in Philadelphia. Um, Mike Bubloff owns Liberty Bellows in Pittsburgh. Kevin Selecki has the Carnegie accordion company in California. I mean, excuse me, in Washington state, Potosa accordions. Um, there's a lot of different people that, are selling and and working on the instruments. Oh, great. Uh, well, uh, Alex, you know, we appreciate, uh, you know, all, uh, you know, your, your time and your expertise. And we thank you for, you know, uh, you know, all that uh, you do for the polka community and the music community in uh, general. And uh, is there any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? Well, thank you so much for having me on your um, on your podcast here and having and promoting music on TikTok. Um, I get the I hope to have the opportunity to meet you in person one of these days. And um, everybody should please check out alexmeixner.com, A L E X M is in Mary E I X N is in Nancy E R dot com, and the variety of social media platforms that I'm on. And hope to have the opportunity to entertain y'all a lot more. Okay, sounds uh, sounds good. And uh, you, are you, you, you mentioned TikTok and YouTube, and are you on most uh, social media? I mean, is that all available? Those links on your website, or they're all available on my website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Come to mind. I think those are all the ones I'm on. Uh, so um, yeah, it's it keeps you busy. Okay, uh, thanks so much. My guest is Alex. Uh, 
Bikeser, and uh, you've been listening to uh, What's Up America with uh, Mike Kara. Uh, and uh, please catch us again uh, next time. Okay, here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.